Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 111 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, I want to try something different now at the start of our, our show. Because at the start of each episode, we number our episodes, right? So this episode is episode 111. And I thought it'd be kind of cool if we gave like a Blue Jays related stat or something like an overriding theme of the episode. So for this episode is 111. I've got some cool stats in Blue Jays where the answer is 111. So what are your thoughts on this idea? You like this? I I love it, man. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy. I like whole numbers too. Uh, I made a joke before the episode on what I thought this was. I do not know what the stat is. <laughs> I said Colby Rasmus's on base percentage versus left-handed pitching. Obviously that is not the case. Jesse, I'm, I love numbers. I love trivia. So let me have it, man. All right, yeah, we're going to do this as like a little overriding thing at the start of each episode. So just something kind of cool. I got a fun one for episode 112 coming up next. But for episode 111, that is the number of at-bats that Kevin Biggio has so far this season. It's the number of putouts that George Springer has this season. And it's also the career WRC plus for a Blue Jay for both Frank Catalanato and Adam Lind. As both finished their Blue Jays career with a 111-111 WRC plus. So how's that? I yay! You're throwing names I love. Frankie C. I used to love watching that guy. He was not a great hitter. He played. He was a guy. He was. He played some good years early in Texas. Moved around the league a lot. I love me some Frank Catalanato and Adam Lynn. Great Blue Jay for a long for a long time. He was he was one of our guys and was in the show uh, for quite a few years. Love love this new. I love stats. I love trivia. So this is right up my alley, Jesse. It's why we coming. have the show, Riley. It's why we have the show. And let's get into the show a little bit today. We're gonna do our normal stuff. We are gonna recap the Blue Jay series against the Miami Marlins. The Blue Jays finally win another series after losing the three straight prior. Um, but first, guys, before we dive in deep and talk about the show, remember, our show is free. We're available on all platforms. So if you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. You can see what Riley and I look like. And I will say we're in a better mood today than we are normally when we do these episodes. The smiles are on our face because the Blue Jays are actually doing good things. But if you're listening to us in podcast land, leave a five-star review, all that fun stuff, share, download, tell a friend. Riley, do you want to dive right in or anything else to add before we jump into our game recaps? No, Jesse, you hit the nail on the head. We had been losing too much. It's good to walk out of Miami with two victories out of the three games, mm -hmm. man. I, I'm very happy with, with that. All right, let's get into the game recaps. For those of you who might not have been able to watch it all, game one of this series, the Blue Jays, they stunk. And I was upset about this one, Riley, because I had some time to myself on Monday, and I thought, oh, good, I'm going to finally get down, watch the Blue Jays game, sit down, really enjoy it, because I don't get to do that too often. I'm a busy guy in the summer. And then the Blue Jays put on a stinker. They lost this game 11 to nothing. Jose Barrios simply just did not have it. He fell apart in this one. Four innings pitched, eight hits, four earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Marlon scored three in the third, three more in the fourth, and then five in the seventh. But it didn't matter as the Blue Jays were shut out for the first time this season. Bo Bichette was the only Blue Jay with multi-hits in this game, reaching base twice in the losing effort. Game two, the Blue Jays win this game 2 to nothing, and the Blue Jays and their depleted bullpen needed a good start from Yusei Kikuchi, and boy, did they get one. Six innings pitch, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, six strikeouts. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with rookie phenom Yuri Perez. But ultimately, the Jays were able to get something done in the eighth off the Marlins bullpen, a Santiago Espinal double, followed by an Ernie Clement pinch hit single, and then a George Springer single ultimately was what it took to get the Blue Jays two runs. Jordan Romano came in and got hit save number 21 on the season. 
Game three, the game that took place this early afternoon. The Jays win this game 6-3, to three, and the Blue Jays got the bats going early off defending Cy Young Award winner Sandy Alcantara. Five runs in the second inning, including six straight hits, including doubles from Matt Chapman and Kevin Biggio. Gosman pitched well. He did give up some runs, but as we get into a little later, he did get a little unlucky in this one. Ended up going six-plus innings with the 100 pitch mark. And after the Marlins made a little bit of a rally in the bottom of the seventh, the uh, Blue Jays added some insurance in the top of the eighth thanks to a Matthew Chapman home run into the second deck at Marlins Park, might I add. Eric Swanson and Trevor Richards had hold, and Jordan Romano got yet another save to win the series for the Toronto Blue Jays. So after the series, Riley, the Blue Jays sit with a record of 41-35. and 35. We're nine and a half games back in the AL East. We're half a game out of the second wild card with Houston, the Angels, the Yankees, and Baltimore all ahead of us in the standings. It's a big mess in the AL playoff picture right now, Riley. So what do you want to talk about first about the series in Miami? I mean, let's hey, let's do some thumbs up right off the bat, Jesse. And I think it's only fitting that we each get to talk about our guy a little bit. So I'll take the mic here for a second. I'll take the mic and I'll say this. Hey, Matt Chapman went 0 for 4 in game one. Let's scratch that. We lost 11 nothing. When you have a position player pitch, like I'm like, whatever. If the Marlins scored 14 runs, wouldn't have made a difference. That's that's a stinker. Once you're out of the game, you're out of the game. It is what it is. But, hey, if you combine games two and three of the series, he hit for the cycle. He had a a single and a triple and then a double and a home run. So, hey, if you combine that, he had a series cycle. I think that's cool. Four hits, both – I mean, two multi-hit games. Um, He looks better. I mean, he's he's, he's still a lot of swing and miss in this game, as I've said countless times on this show. But, man, when he makes contact and the right kind of contact, he can hit to all fields. And, I mean – Boy's got some wheels. He read the bounce off the right center field wall. He slid into third. He was safe. You're not going to see too many. Tri- hey, the Blue Jays, if, unless you're Kevin Kiermeyer, we do not hit a ton of triples. So that's nice to see the, fir- I, the first triple of the year. And also add on double digits home runs now. Matt yes, Chapman does. now has 10 home runs. I think that's great. When you're sitting at nine home runs, you always like to see that. I mean, he's got a long way to go before I want to see that number really increase and increase quickly for what I think and where he should be at for this season. But, hey, he put, he did a good job defensively, too, as he usually does. And it's just good to see him finally get some extra base hits back. It's been a minute since we've seen him string together extra base hits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, three extra base hits in, in two on, over the course of two games, that's that's good. That's a really good sign out of Matt Chapman. And I predict more of the same as we move into the closing days here in June. Yeah, you can now add Matt Chapman to the number of players who have more home runs than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on the season here. And the thing I like most about Matt Chapman in this series, Riley, is that he was getting pitches in the middle of the plate, but he was hitting them. That's not something that all Blue Jays have been able to do. His double hit was a change up right down the middle of the plate, and his home run he hit was also center center, but he is hitting the pitches that he is supposed to be hitting. And that is a good way to get out of your slump, Riley. Matt Chapman was actually interviewed by Hazel May after game one, after his 0 for 4 day. And he talked about the hitting slump that Matt Chapman was going through. And this is what he said. He said, we continue to play good defense and we throw strikes. Things we can control. Our initial reaction is you want to swing your way out of it. But we have to take a step back, lock in our approach and be able to string together good at bats. Riley, I think Matt Chapman has done just that in this series, putting together some good at bats. So thank you, Mr. Matt Chapman. 
Yeah, he was definitely on to something. And if that if that's kind of that if that interview swung him to say and buy into it a little bit, because he did. He had some good at bats in the series. And yeah, hitting the pitches you're supposed to hit because I've seen, you know, I've seen 94 miles an hour middle middle of the plate get by Matt Chapman on a heavy swing. Yeah, so it's good. It it's good. It's good to see him square those balls up. And I mean, if it if he hits it, if he hits it over the wall, he hits it over the wall. If he hits it into the alleys, he hits it into the alleys, man. But it's just, it's good. It makes me feel a lot better, man. Watching him not uh, drive the ball for power over the last, I feel like it's been at least, you know, two or three weeks since we've really seen you know, a string of hits for him. So it's good to see. And I really, I think he'll keep this up. Maybe not, um, you know, maybe not three extra base hits in two days, but hey, he's still I got a pile of doubles, man, and now double digit home runs. So good things are on the way still for Matt Chapman. Yeah, I'd love to see it. The Blue Jays need that from Matt Chapman, Riley. I want to talk about my guy. It's only fair. You get yours, I get mine here. Yeah. And that is our king, Yusei Kikuchi, who had a great start. Honestly, Riley, according to Fangraph's game score, it might have been his best start of the season. Six innings pitched for the fourth time this year, Riley. He gave up just two hits and no walks, no earned runs, and six strikeouts, Riley. And it's more of the same we've seen from Yusei Kikuchi lately. He's been throwing that curveball a lot more, threw it 20% of the time in this, got a number of swinging strikes on that pitch. He's able to throw it for strikes, which is huge for Yusei Kikuchi. It's amazing what leaps and bounds this guy has done for us. And honestly, I think that puts his ERA somewhere in the mid to high threes now. And Riley, coming into the season, if you were to tell me that our number five starter is going to go five and dive, he's going to give you five, maybe six innings, more time than not, and he's going to pitch to a mid threes ERA, you would have taken that every single day of the week from Yusei Kikuchi. And the fact that he can go out and have these little glimpses of dominance actually make me think that Yusei Kikuchi might have the potential to be even better Going forward here, Riley, I loved what I saw, and I'm glad that Kikuchi is finally having the success. Oh, my. What a refreshing. I got a couple things on you, say Kikuchi, man. First of all, when you give up 11 runs, and it's Jose Brios who had been pitching well, and it's you, say Kikuchi, taking the hill the next game. Hey, I'm not saying Kikuchi has pitched great. But the confidence goes down a little bit when you give up that amount of runs. I know that the idea is and how the baseball card works is you'll bounce back, which is precisely what happens. But going into the game, I mean, hey, there is some nerves in that. And you just hope Kikuchi brings his stuff. Well, he brought it, man. And the best thing about him in this and I love it. I love the whole numbers and I like a big goose egg as far as the walks goes. The fact that he didn't walk a base run over six innings pitch is something that. I did not expect, and the movement on his that curveball slider, slurp, whatever you want to call it, the pitch that broke into right-handed batters. Is it, if you don't locate that pitch right, it's going to get hit 430 feet. He yeah. located it right. The movement was very good on it, and it mixed in well with his fastball, which was good as well. I was very happy with how you say we all should be very happy. In fact, I mean, this was, I think, probably his best start of the year. Um, and I think that uh, I think that if we get this out of Kikuchi and I mean, this was fantastic. I mean, I, I don't know if we'll get too many more starts where he doesn't surrender to base runners. I mean, that's that's really good. But what he did to hold us in a close ball game for six innings was was absolutely what you needed, Jesse. He is better than pitching better than a five guy right now. And this is exactly what we needed at this point in the series when we lost big for him to throw a gem like that is 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 exactly what we needed. The Blue Jays honestly have been getting pretty good starting pitching as a whole. 
for the most part, aside from Alec Manoa and the odd clunker that like Chris Bassett or Kevin Gosman has had, like the Blue Jays starting pitching hasn't really been an issue this year. And it wasn't in this series as they got some good performances here. Riley, we got to give some love now to our closer. When I read the game recaps there, you'll hear Jordan Romano came in in game two, got the save. Jordan Romano came in in game three and got the save. And if you're keeping track at home, Riley, 22 saves now leads all of baseball in saves. It's been a while since the Toronto Blue Jays have had a closer who um, leads baseball in saves. So let's hope it can stay up for Jordan Romano. But the Blue Jays throughout their early history had struggled getting lockdown powerhouse closers. And I remember as a kid growing up watching a lot of Toronto Blue Jays games, the blown save to me, Riley, always oh. felt like the worst way to lose a ball game because you put in all the work, you get the lead to the ninth, and then your last guy can't save it. Those ones always felt like they hurt the most. So we've been pretty lucky over the last few years having Jordan Romano being a solid guy back there. And uh, just a thumbs up from you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh my God. Yeah. Jesse, you want to, well, you just caused me some trauma there thinking about the days <laughs> of like BJ Ryan and Kevin Gregg. Well, yeah. I did. I, Hey, I did love Jeremy Eccardo. I thought he was Casey Jansen as well. Was Casey one of my Jansen was, yeah. was another great one too. Um, but yeah, dude, it's been too long. Bullpen has been just one of the biggest question marks Probably since, I, I don't know, Jesse, we had a, the Terminator, Tom Hankey, Dwayne Ward, guys like that. Mike Timlin in his early years, he was fantastic. And we had Paul Quantrill for a bit, who also pitched very well for us. But Jesse, bullpen is something that we've been thirsty for for a long time. And we have arguably the best closer in baseball right now, if you want to look at the yeah, number of you saves. Can, you can We're, make that argument. Jesse, you brought up a stat. I don't know if you want to do that now. But we're playing more close ball games than anybody. So the fact that we have a closing pitcher that can keep these games tight and we're winning these ball games, Jesse, I mean, I think you just say the number. I can't remember off the top, but how many um, one run games or where the guys in the on deck circle, that's yeah. the winning run or tying run. I don't have the exact stat. I saw this on Twitter, so I apologize to the person who have this. I am blatantly stealing your work here, but it was very good work, and it was very nice to see what he did here. They went through the last, I think, 15 games that the Toronto Blue Jays have won, and they had noticed that the opponents had had the either, I think it was either tying or go-ahead run. I'm not sure exactly which one it was. was either on base, at the plate, or in the on-deck circle for like each of the last 15 Blue Jays wins. So the Blue Jays haven't really had a laugher in quite a while where it's been pretty easy the whole way through. All their wins they're getting, which have been tight, they've needed the wins, have been tough, grind them out, hard stress battles, and Jordan Romano has been up to the task saving all these games. So just bravo, Jordan Romano. I have all the faith in the world in this guy. He is a top arm in baseball, and I'm glad that he's on our side. I have nothing bad to say about this guy right now. He's our guy in the ninth inning. He does a job, and, man, you feel good, even in those tight ball games. I mean, blowouts are great, Jesse, but when you win a close ball game, it always feels good, and your closer gets a save. 22, man, that's that's a good number at this point in the year, man. He's on pace yeah. for 40-plus, man. That's You can't ask for more. 22 saves and only 41 wins for the Toronto Blue Jays. I like that rate as well. Uh, Riley, let's move on now to some of the negatives here because it wasn't all perfect for the Toronto Blue Jays. And let's start with the guy who got the start in game one of the series, the game I was actually able to watch full and sit sit down and see through. And that was Jose Barrios, Riley. And I think the regression monster just came for Jose Barrios. He had put together a very nice stretch of 12 starts. We talked about it in our last episode, how consistent Jose Barrios had been, oh, aside from the first two starts of the season. So he was kind of due, I'd say, for a clunker. And his ERA on the season is now 364, Riley, which is good. 
we'll take that from Jose Barrios every single day, but his expected ERA is now 459, meaning I think there's going to be more stats or more starts like this coming from Jose Brios. I know last episode we were trying to say, okay, maybe Jose Brios is back. Maybe he's the Minnesota guy. Maybe this is the best Jose Brios we have ever seen. And the results were there, but looking under the hood, Riley, it's still not all the way back. You know, there's still some things that need to go. He still does give up pretty hard contact most of the time, but this is obviously leaps and bounds from where he came from last year. And maybe this could just be a blip and maybe he'll get better going forward. I don't know. Do you have a takeaway or a thought from Jose Brios to start here? I mean, my first takeaway, Jesse, is the fact that he has an ERA under four at this point yeah. in the year. Fantastic. I, Look, we'll give him a thumbs down for the start, but I feel pretty good about that because we've we've seen vast improvements from arguably the worst starting pitcher in baseball last year. He was he was awful. He was he was absolutely terrible. Yeah, no one gave from him more where, earned runs last year than Jose. Barrios. From where from where we were to where we are now, I mean, there's been improvement like completely. And hey, Luis Arias had a five hit game. <laughs> That's His third one of the it. month, by the way. His that's, third that's five-hit game of the month. It. I mean, this guy's hitting like Tony Gwen out there. And the other no. young guys they have in Miami have like strung to they they strung they 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 hit the they didn't hit the cover off the ball, but they they put it as Yogi Bear would say, put it where they're at, and they did, man. I mean, it was just one of those series or one of those games where nothing really went right and Babbitt decided um, that it wasn't going to exist and everything was just going to just drop. And, and they just collected hits, man. And Barrios was on the losing end of it uh, for the season. He's doing great for this start. Yeah, another clunker. I don't know if you'll see too many more like this. And, I mean, he went four innings. We've seen him go less. Um, but I'm sure, hey, if he can go five innings his next game and give up two earned runs, we probably won't even talk about him. We probably won't even talk about him. We'll touch on it, and, and that's that's something what I expect. But for the sake that we lost by eleven runs, yet yeah, Kikuchi was the, or sorry, Barrios was at the start of that. Now, yeah, to do another thumbs down, the same ball game, Jesse, and this is someone I don't like to poo on because this is another one of your guys, mm-hmm. Nate Pearson. I, yeah, we got to talk about Nate Pearson, Nate, man. It, Jesse, I mean, I we never we didn't even talk about this for the show, like, but I'm looking at the numbers here, Jesse, as I do, and five earned runs over a third of an inning. Oh, one out, Just, six batters face, five across the plate. That hurts. I mean, he he got just caught in the crossfire, man. This was not Nate Pearson's day. He was just just giving up hits. And as Nate Pearson has not done this year, he has done quite well in the, the the games I've seen him appear in. This was not one of those times, Jesse. Honestly, it didn't really matter. Let's be honest. Those five runs he gave up in a short time, as sucky as that was, we could have lost the game five nothing. We had, it just it hurts him. It hurts because he was pitching well up to that point. Where does this put him now? I mean, because he was he was he was hung out to dry in a way. I think, man, he should have been pulled earlier. I mean, that's that's. I mean, relief pitchers they have for me they have a shorter hook. They left Pearson out there too long. I would have taken him out, man, and it's nothing on him. Miami was stinging the ball. He got left in the game too long, and that's where we're at, dude. And it sucks uh, for his line on the season because he's a better pitcher than that. We both know that. 
Yep. The reason why he didn't get pulled early is because, as we talked about last episode, the Blue Jays used a bullpen day, so their bullpen gets taxed. And then when you have a start where Chris Bassett doesn't go deep, your bullpen's taxed again. And then, oh, no, the next start, Jose Brios only can make it four innings. Your bullpen has to get taxed and overworked. That's why Nate Pearson was out there. I also think John Schneider wanted to get Nate Pearson out there because if you remember in the series finale in Texas, Nate Pearson got lit up a little bit. So he's trying to do the quick turnaround thing for just get on the mound and try to forget it. But it kind of backfired on this one. Now that's back to back bad appearances for Nate Pearson. So I would bet Nate Pearson's next appearance is probably going to be in a little bit of lower leverage just to get a step in the right direction. Again, I don't see anything under the hood that looked terrible. Not like his velocity was down. His location wasn't great, but it wasn't awful either. I think Nate Pearson's going to be uh, going good. And we talk about how the Blue Jays had to use so many bullpen pitchers. That forced the Blue Jays to have a position player pitch for the first time this season. And that was Ernie Clements, Riley. And Ernie Clement was a position player. He pitched like a position player. He threw pitches all the way from 48 miles per hour up to 80.9 miles per hour. And um, I wanted to show him some love, too, because in game two of the series in that pitcher's duel, he came in off the bench, which is tough to do. It's tough to be a pinch hitter and had a line drive up the middle and did a job. Like, if you are a young player trying to crack yourself on the Toronto Blue Jays like Ernie Clement is right now, being able to do these things, get a clutch pinch hit single, come in and play defense, even pitch if your team needs you to pitch an inning, are all good things. And I will bet you we're going to see more of Ernie Clement in the games, in the lineups going forward. He's a fine utility player. I um, He... He's cracked it. I mean, you could compare him to a Gossett Coteau kind of guy. Sure. Um, yeah. where, 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 you know, he's kind of a fringe player like that. But for the time being, I mean, um, a clutch hit like that off the bench, it's, it's good. And, hey, that also what's not easy to do, Jesse, is to be called upon and pitch in a blowout game, um, something I'm sure he probably probably pitched in high school, I'm sure, something he hasn't done. I don't even know if he pitched in high school. I'm just guessing. Um, but, again, called upon to do a job, and I guess you can say he did that job too. I mean, he's a position player. What do you expect? The game's a blowout, and he did that. But, yeah, the clutch hit was great. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times we'll see him in the starting lineup, but I love a nice platoon of guys uh, to, to choose from. And Clement is definitely one of those guys. Yep. A guy that John Schneider is just going to have in the bag to pull out in tough situations. And if anything, he's getting positive reviews from everyone involved. Riley, I have one more negative that we haven't really touched a lot on this season. And I'm going to bring it up here now before we get into other news and notes and stuff. And I want to talk a little bit about base running, Riley. And we know it's important, particularly the Blue Jays stealing bases. We've talked about, hey, George Springer has double-digit stolen bases. We've talked a lot about Whit Merrifield stealing bases this year. But the Blue Jays have actually been caught stealing quite frequently this season. I think we have 19 on the year. We're actually uh, bottom five in baseball in our stolen base success percentage at only 75.3%. Stolen bases across Major League Baseball have soared this year with the bigger bases, with the disengagement rules and all that stuff. And the Blue Jays haven't seemed to be really taking advantage of it. The four teams in baseball, Riley, who have been caught more stealing bases than the Blue Jays are Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay. And all of them have swiped at least 70 bases. Toronto's only stolen 58 bags this year. So talk to me about the base running, Riley. Do we think this stolen base thing is a problem? Everyone else in baseball is doing it. Why can't the Blue Jays? I mean, that's not what our team is around right now. I think that we have too many sluggers. You look, look at our guys, man. I mean, Bo isn't the elite speedster we once thought he'd be. Yeah, hey, good his sprint speed has gone down. 
quite frequently. Uh, Springer is is turning back the clock as far as his legs go. I think the DH uh, doing DH duty has done him wonders in a lot of ways. Whit Merrifield's still um, one of the best base runners in all of baseball. And as far as the other guys like Biggio, Espinal, like they have mid level speed. We don't have speedsters. I can't remember Jesse a time like where we really had a lot of whippy base runners. I mean, you might have to go back to like a Jose Reyes, really like first name we, off my mind. Yep. Jose uh, Reyes. I, I mean, we, we have played a lot of years. Like you look at the Jose Bautista, Donaldson, Edwin years, like they weren't speedsters and their complimentary pieces. Like say a Justin smoker, a Michael Saunders, those guys didn't steal bases. Like Saunders might've put up 10, like this number really doesn't concern me to okay. be honest, Jesse. I mean, it's a part of the game, but now it's then if you pull out, a, it's right above bunting for me. I mean, the, Hey, the lack of home runs, the lack of power concerns me. I like small yeah. ball, but the game has changed so much that we like us. I think that getting caught, I think if we're not stealing bases, that's fine. Cause we're not putting outs on the base pass, but like, yeah, it, it helps to have a speedster, man, but it's not a, it's not a statistic I'm going to be outraged on by. Okay. by so anything. you're not concerned I, then, eh? No, I mean, it is, it's the makeup of our team, man. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push Bo Bichette to steal more bases. Um, if he's going to get caught stealing, like you can't make a guy, you can't make a 28 year old man faster all of a sudden. I mean, you could teach smart base running, but our team, our team build is, is, is not of the speed. It's, you know, it's great defense. You know, I, I guess it should be power. It hasn't been. That's a totally different story. <laughs> and in and, and great outfield defense, as well as our two gold glove corner infielders in Bo Bichette, who, by the way, has actually played very good defense. And yes, then who's, yep. whoever's on second, Witt, plays good defense. Cavan, decent enough defense. Espinal, eh, whatever. He will do. I mean, it's we have a lot of different tools. If speed isn't one of them, it's not going to break my heart. I do think the Toronto Blue Jays, though, as we get closer to the trade deadline and as we make moves to getting our playoff-type roster, I do think they are going to add somebody with some speed, whether it's an outfielder, another infielder, or somebody kind of in the Whitmerryfield mold we made at last year's trade deadline. I bet the Blue Jays do something like that here. Riley, here's some just little things that caught my attention during this series. I'm just going to read them all. If any of them catch your attention, holler at me, all right? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finally had an extra base hit in this series. He also hit a ball 113.1 miles per hour, which was hit into a double play. It was the hardest hit baseball turned into a double play since the 2015 season. Just more hard hit balls for Vladdy. More balls that just aren't finding holes. Kevin Kiermeyer was impressive in center field again, as always in this series. He had two more catches with catch probabilities less than 25%. Kevin Kiermeyer is just that good. Santiago Espinal had a good series here. He had a double to start a rally. He had a clutch single late in there too. He even got some shortstop in him in this series. And I want to throw some love to Tim Meza, Riley, who we haven't talked a lot about, but he has yet to allow a home run this year. His soft contact numbers are excellent. He's just been another good steady rock for this Blue Jays bullpen. Any thoughts on any of those four things, Riley? Yeah, that was really unfortunate. And Vladdy actually hit into two double plays in the series. The other one up the middle. They played him pretty well on that. And um, that's just the unfortunate thing. Kiermaier is a gold glover. Uh, and Varsho has played some unreal defense. Like I said, like literally two minutes ago, our outfield defense is phenomenal. Like top, top of the chart, man. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier is excellent. The catches he makes out in center field are fantastic. And then uh, as we saw... 
Varsho also with some pretty good defensive plays in this series as well. So that's always nice as well to have those good outfielders. Yeah, the outfield defense has been just as advertised. I think the Blue Jays lead baseball and outs above average or defensive runs saved. And if we don't lead it, we're top three. So it's exactly what we wanted from the Blue Jays here. Do have some injury notes, Riley. Brandon Belt is officially back from his IL trip. Spencer Horowitz had to be sent back to Buffalo in the return. As mentioned, Bo Bichette was scratched from today's lineup with left thumb discomfort. The Blue Jays don't believe it's anything serious. They'll use the off day tomorrow, plus maybe one more day in the Oakland series, but Bo Bichette should be back and avoid an IL trip. Uh, Addison Barger is now back. He's done his rehab assignment. He is now back with the Buffalo Bisons. So now we are officially on Addison Barger. Watch and see how he will do. Alejandro Kirk officially hit the IL at the start of the series with a hand injury, but the Blue Jays are optimistic. It'll only be a minimum stay. Bowden Francis was sent down, so Tyler Heineman can come back up and do some catching duties. Zach Pop was scheduled to pitch for AAA Buffalo today. I actually didn't see how we pitched in this. I might look that up here momentarily. But he did throw a scoreless inning for the Dunedin Blue Jays on Saturday. This was his first appearance in two weeks after hamstring discomfort interrupted his rehab assignment. Chad Green is scheduled to throw a live bullpen session at the Blue Jays complex earlier this week. Hunjin Ryu is expected to do a two-inning uh, two bullpen session this Thursday in Dunedin. And Alec Manoa, Riley, threw a side session at the Blue Jays Dunedin complex and is expected to throw a simulated game today. Day. He will be aiming to get his pitch count up to about 75 pitches over the five-game sim game. And if all goes well, Riley, his next start will be a minor league start for Alec Manoa. So all eyes will be on him then. Any major takeaways or thoughts from all those injuries updates there? Man, let's get some pitchers back because we are, I mean, not too, too desperate right now, but desperate enough where I really would like one of those arms up. Chad Green would be fantastic. Hunjin Ryu, let's see what he can do. But, and obviously you want Manoa to be fresh. You want him to, you know, kind of have a cleanse, a reset. And, you know, we look we look forward to having good pitching on the rise, man. I mean, hey, we didn't have – I mean, Gosman had an unfortunate start. You had Barrios give up a stinker. Like, Kikuchi pitched a gem. That's kind of a – if you want to call Gosman's start decent or okay, one bad start, one great start. I mean, I want more great starts. So let's mm -hmm. get pitchers that are going to pitch great. And I don't know who it's going to come from, but hey, trial and error, baby. And we need to figure it out. We need to figure it out real quick because that trial and error won't work here very shortly because we are in some very serious and competitive baseball. Pitching depth is something the Blue Jays need, and there is some help coming on the farm. Riley, I just I want you haven't given some prospect updates in a while. All I want to say is Tucker Toman looks really good. He's slugging over 636 in his last few games. Or Elvis Martinez uh, hit another home run, as he does. He also singled off a rehabbing Carlos Rodon down in New Hampshire. And Chad Dallas is a guy I brought up a few times ago. He just got called up to the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. His most recent start, six and two-thirds innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, one walk, seven Ks. Riley, keep that name in mind. Chad Dallas. He could be a guy that the Blue Jays call up here or maybe flip him at the trade deadline to acquire some new help. Riley, I don't want to talk anymore about the prospects. I don't even really want to preview this upcoming series against Oakland. Oakland's bad. The Blue Jays are good. We're running out of time as it is. But I do want to say, Riley, our next 15 games are against the Oakland Athletics, San Francisco Giants, Boston Red Sox, Chicago White Sox, and then the Detroit Tigers. This is a fairly relatively easier on-paper schedule than the Blue Jays have had over the past month. It is time for the Toronto Blue Jays to take advantage of this. Go on a run. Win 10 of these 15 games, starting with Oakland this weekend, and see how we can do, Riley. It is time. Put up or shut up time for the Toronto Blue Jays. If they can't, if they can't walk out of this with a series win, 
then that's unfortunate. Oakland's got man, Oakland. It's sad. I won't. That's a whole other show that I've never started, but um, pretty much write an obituary on my athletics. Um, but yeah, let's play them. The Boston series will be great, and then that stinky AL Central, man. Woof! What a bad division in baseball. Um, yeah, you you hope that you can you can smash up the tigers um like seriously man it's hey we can go if we can win 10 of 15 then we're going to be in a much better place but we can jesse i know but we got to take each and every game one at a time like we're like we're going to come back here on sunday and talk about the oakland series i mean then we'll go we we still hey and those games still got to be played and they're still against weaker competition but we gotta chip away at this man we need good pitching we've played solid defense whatever is gonna whatever our base running like if we're gonna make dumb decisions on the base paths play station to station but we got to see the power improve would love to see vladdy pop off and hit a home run or six um and uh, boba still a monster chapman's on the rise and i i see good things for varsho as well coming soon just do the fundamentals guys play good baseball and the blue jays will be well on our way to getting into the playoffs here that'll do it for episode here today guys thank you everybody for tuning in remember you can follow both riley and i on twitter or instagram or you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, which I do plan to put more stuff on there momentarily coming up. It's just tough to find the time, my man. But stick with us. We will be doing a bunch of stuff on there. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel on your way out. Riley, anything else you want to add before we uh, call our an episode here today? Go go easy on my Oakland team. They're a sad bunch of they're a sad bunch of guys. I got all faced that the Jays are gonna walk out of here. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a sweep or whatever. I'm just gonna say, hey, it's let's let's pad the stats a little bit if if we can, man. Let's 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 play fundamental baseball. But if we get on a run, roll with it, boys. Let's do it. We'll be back Sunday to recap the series. Until then, let's go Blue Jays. Thank you.